Hi everybody, thank you so much for checking out our podcast. If you'd like to know more about us or connect with us, then please do go to our church website and we would love to get to know you some more. Here's today's message. We hope it blesses you, encourages and inspires you. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus' words top and tail this reading today. But what do they mean? You know, we have very real reasons to be afraid. Over the last year, we have been facing a deadly enemy. We have faced uncertainty by the bucket load. And we've faced the disruption of everything that we previously relied on. There are real reasons why we should be afraid. And even now, as we're beginning to see things going back to some kind of uh, recognisable normality, even now, we're seeming to find our anxiety actually building rather than lessening. But you know, there were very real reasons why the disciples whom Jesus was speaking to should also have been afraid. Jesus was speaking these words during the Last Supper, the last evening in his earthly ministry when Jesus was going to spend that time with his disciples And just a few hours later, he was going to be arrested and tried and crucified. And in that room at that time, we know that there was a real feeling of fear and foreboding. We know that the danger was very palpable. And we know that uh, it was not just a threat for Jesus and his life, but there was a threat to any followers of Jesus and their lives. There was a real reason for the disciples to be afraid. And in chapter 13, the chapter just before this, during that last meal, Jesus had described how he was going to be going away and how where he was going, the disciples could not follow. And then he also described that the disciples would not follow him. He predicted that one of them was going to betray him. And he also predicted that the others would scatter. And just in the very verse, right before this reading here, Jesus predicted that Peter would, by the time the cock had crowed in a few hours' time, would have disowned Jesus three times. So there's real atmosphere of fear and foreboding. There were real reasons for the disciples to fear, and that was what Jesus was speaking into. But, you know, just 43 days later, those disciples who were so terrified were standing up and proclaiming the name of Jesus. And they continued to proclaim the name of Jesus through fear and foreboding, through danger of persecution, and even up to some of their deaths. So if the disciples could move through their fear to that kind of place, is that possible for us too? Well, nothing is impossible with God. Let's take a real good look at what Jesus was saying. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Those words of Jesus echo those of Moses at the time when Moses knew that he was dying and that he was going to be sending the people into the promised land without him. He spoke the words to Joshua, the next leader of those people. And he said, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. So by echoing those words, Jesus was assuring his disciples 
that they would not be abandoned, that he would be with them. But how can that be? Because he spent the previous chapter telling them that he was going away somewhere where they couldn't follow. Well, look at verse three. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back. And verse 18, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. He was not abandoning them. There's a real sense of going, but also coming in this passage. He was not leaving nor forsaking. In fact, he was promising his presence in a whole new and wonderful way. So let's think about the image of the house and the home. In verses one to three, Jesus promised that he was going to prepare a place in the father's house and that he would come to take his disciples there where he was. Now, the popular perception of what Jesus was meaning here was that he was talking about heaven. And in one sense, of course, that is true. But it's so much more profound than that, because all the way through the Bible, when you hear the house of God referred to, it's referring to the temple. My father's house is the temple. And of course, the temple was the place where God dwelt with his people, where God lived with his people. Of course, he inhabited the entire universe, but the place where he lived with his people was his temple. But then there's also another sense, because the house of someone usually meant the family line. We're told that Jesus came from the house of David. He came from the family line of David. So the sense of house here means household. So whichever way you look at it, there is a picture here of a real coming into a relationship. And that is mediated through Jesus. Jesus said he was going to prepare a dwelling place for the disciples in God's own dwelling place, in God's presence, in God's family. And through his death, through his going away, he made the way for them to enter God's presence without fault and with great joy. Jesus is the way and the truth and the life, the way for us to be children of our heavenly father. But then there's even more stuff about the home. Look at verse 23. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. And the word for home here is the same Greek word as was used for rooms in verse three. And it means abode or dwelling place. So Jesus was saying, in my father's house are many abodes or dwellings. And my father and I will come and make our abode or dwelling with you. And this happens by his spirit. In verses 15 to 18, Jesus showed that he wasn't leaving his disciples alone because the spirit would come. He promised the spirit will live with you and be in you. So God, the father and the son makes his home within us by his spirit and we enter God's home through the Son. God, the Father, Son and Holy Spirit makes his home with us and within us brings us into his presence. And you very much get this sense of the whole trinity of love embracing and bringing us into his embrace 
I, I encourage you to go home and read the passage afterwards because it's so rich in the details about how the Father and the Son and the Spirit are one and they bring he, he brings us into that one relationship, into that oneness and embrace of love. But let me just highlight a few verses for you. Jesus says, if we know Jesus, we know the Father and have seen the Father, verse 7. Jesus will not abandon, he will come by his Spirit, verses 18 and 19. Jesus is in the Father and we are in him and he is in us, verse 20. The person who loves Jesus will be loved by the Father and Jesus will love them and reveal himself to them, verse 21. And the person who loves Jesus and obeys him will be loved by the Father and the Father and the Son will come to them and make their home within them, verse 23. The words of Jesus are from the Father, verse 24, and the Spirit will speak them again, verse 27. Jesus is the way and the truth and the life, verse 6, and the Spirit is the Spirit of truth, verse 17. The Father sent the Son, verse 24, and the Spirit, verse 26. So God, the Father, Son and Spirit is with us and within us and has made his home, his dwelling, his presence within us. We are his dwelling place, the place where he is present. We, not the world, but we can see him and know him and accept him for he lives with us and will be in us. So that's the first thing that Jesus spoke into the room full of fearful disciples. He promised his presence. And secondly, he promised his peace. I wonder what you think of when you hear the word peace. Do you think of it maybe on a global scale? Peace is a lack of conflict. Or do you think of it on a personal scale? Peace is a lack of conflict in the family or the workplace. Or do you think of it in terms of peace and quiet, a lack of noise, a lack of disruption, a lack of chaos? Uh, when my kids were small, I used to read a book to them called Five Minutes Peace. And it was about Mama Elephant, who just wanted five minutes peace. And wherever she went in the house to try and escape the noise and chaos and find her five minutes peace, the noise and chaos of family life came and invaded and she couldn't get it. Or do you maybe think about inner peace? That's a very prevalent idea in our culture at the moment, and it comes through from Hinduism and Buddhism. And it's the idea that you can escape the realities of this world and find inner peace within by find, doing certain practices. Peace of Jesus is different. On my wall, I have a beautiful picture. It's very peaceful and calm, colours and images, really, really beautiful. And in the middle of this picture, it says, May the peace of Christ thoroughly disturb you. The peace of Christ is not as the world gives. Verse 27, Jesus said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. As we've just thought about, the world thinks of peace as being a lack of something, lack of war, conflict, chaos, noise. 
The world thinks that you find peace by getting rid of those things or by escaping those things. But the peace that Jesus gives is not an absence, but his presence. Jesus gives true peace, shalom, which is wholeness, harmony with God and his creation, fullness of life. The world cannot give the peace, that peace, because an absence of war or conflict or noise or whatever is not a fullness of life in the presence of God. Jesus gave his peace to his disciples in the midst of danger and trouble and fear and evil. He did not say, I give you my peace by taking you away from all of this. He was still arrested and tried and crucified. But he gave his presence, Father, Son and Spirit, making his dwelling within, gifted through his own death and resurrection and by the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, his presence is peace. And in the same way, in the midst of our fear, confusion, separation, chaos, disruption and conflict, God, the Father, Son and Spirit is with us and within us. His presence is peace. He doesn't say, I give you my peace by taking you away from all this. In fact, as his followers, we often find ourselves going into troubled situations that we might otherwise avoid. Because Jesus said, those who love me and obey my commands... I will come to. And his command, of course, as we saw in chapter 13, is of love. And so we find ourselves compelled to go into the dangerous and dark and difficult situations and fearful situations in order to bring his love, his presence, his peace. I'm reminded of the prayer of Francis of Assisi. Lord, make me a channel of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. When we come into that relationship with him and he lives within us, he calls us into those situations to bring his presence and his peace. May the peace of Christ thoroughly disturb you. But his presence is peace, knowing that he is present even in the midst of the most fearful situation. Having made his home within us, this gives us fullness of life, security, peace from which we can face all our fears and go boldly forward, even into those situations that cause us to be troubled and fearful. It's okay to be afraid. There are real dangers and troubles out there. So let's acknowledge our fear. Let's not pretend that those feelings aren't there. Let's not pretend that they're not Christian. That's just completely wrong. We can be Christian and feel fear. There are real reasons to be afraid. It's okay to be afraid. 
Let's not try to deal with them as the world tries to deal with them by trying to push them out of the way, escape them, pretend they're not there. But instead, let us find Jesus's presence in the midst of our fears. Peter, the disciple who was so afraid that he disowned Jesus, later wrote, cast all your anxiety on him, for he cares for you. So how do we cast our anxiety on him? How do we find Jesus' presence in the midst of our fear? Well, let's listen to what he says. In verse one, he says, believe. And he also asks him to love, he asks us to love him and obey his commands. And when we do all that, we will find that God, the Father, Son and Spirit has made his home with us. I have had the privilege to worship in the community of Arbury Road Baptist Church for 20 years now. And I have seen each one of your love for Jesus through your love for others. So I am confident to say this. God, the Father, Son and Spirit has made his home within you. Yes, you. He loves you. His presence is with you and his presence is peace. So when you're afraid, look to Jesus. Remind yourself of his promises. Remind yourself, allow the spirit within you to remind you of his words. Remind yourself that he lives with you and is in you. You and he are facing these fears together. I and he are facing my fears together. And at the end of the teaching on that night that he was betrayed, Jesus said this. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. You will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. That's John 16, 33. So remind yourself that the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. And he has overcome all things. And nothing can separate you from his love. And he will be with you forever. So just one practical idea of how we can remind ourselves of these truths, even in the midst of the most fearful and difficult situations. Something that I find helpful is to do a short breathing prayer. So when I'm finding my stress levels going up, I stop and I breathe. And as I breathe, I breathe in, I say Jesus. And I breathe out and I say peace. Breathe in, Jesus. Breathe out, peace. And it's just such a simple way just to remind ourselves of that amazing truth that Jesus is present with us, within us, in our fears. And therefore his presence is peace. This is not escaping the world. It is entering into the world and its darkness in the presence of the one who has overcome all things. 
It is not trying to get rid of those things that worry us, but it is facing them with him in fullness of life, in shalom, peace. The disciples faced a dangerous, troubling and fearful situation. In the midst of this, in the midst of this, Jesus gave his reassurance that he was with them. They were not abandoned. They were not forsaken and that his presence is peace. And later, when they had received the spirit that he promised, they were able to go out into all of those dangerous situations with all of their fear and boldly proclaim the name of Jesus, knowing that God the Father, Son and Holy Spirit had made his home with them and his presence gave them peace. We have been brought into God's presence through Jesus' death and resurrection. God has made his home in us by his spirit which has been given to us. We too face fearful situations today, but we too can go boldly into them, not ignoring our fear, but facing our fears with him, in his presence, in his peace. When Dave and I were newly married, my mum gave us a little present to put on the outside of our house as a little plaque. And in Latin, it said, Pax Huic Domini, which apparently means peace be to this house. Jesus said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. The amazing truth is, that God, the Father, Son and Holy Spirit has made his home within you, his home within you. So peace be to your house. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your amazing truth. We thank you for your amazing life and the way that you have brought us into God's presence and the way that by your spirit you come and bring your presence within us. You've made your home, your dwelling place, us, as feeble and as fault-ridden fault as we are. This is amazing grace, Lord Jesus Christ. And we sit here in awe and wonder and we thank you for it. And we pray this morning, Lord, that as we face our fears, we might remember that you are with us. You are within us. We are your dwelling place. And that your presence is peace. May we face our fears with you. Lord Jesus Christ, Father God, Holy Spirit, may we go boldly forward, taking your peace into a troubled and fearful world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.